If you enjoyed our first podcast of the series with innovator Linda Harding, then I hope you'll find my guest today as equally interesting. With me in the studio, I have Portsmouth MRes technology graduate Ming Wu, who with his two colleagues have created a space in Portsmouth for creative people to make, innovate and collaborate. The Makers Guild is a community interest company designed to unlock creative potential. They achieve this by providing opportunities and accessibility to creative networks, facilities and equipment. What makes Ming's story so inspiring is that he is turning his passion of product design into a community business to inspire and support others. Ming is Portsmouth born and bred and hopes to improve the city with ventures such as his. Here's Ming to tell us more about it. So I'm really eager to hear all about the Makers Guild, but can you start by telling me a little bit about your background and how you got here? Effectively, I've been into sort of product design and designing my own stuff from from an early age, like mum being a seamstress and learning learning a lot through that when I was like running around being a seven year old, and all the way to to yeah studying it as an undergrad and then and then doing more of it um, afterwards. It's interesting. You're at the forefront of what everyone touches, or in in a specific product anyway. It's mind-boggling and the amount of complexities in there. What was the first thing you ever designed or made? Pencil cases and things like that. For obviously, we had I had a lot of access to fabrics and sewing machines and things like that. So it's like you know when you're ten or seven or something like that, and just like making pencil cases is all the craze. And then and then it slowly sort of went on to more and more complex stuff and using more and more complex tools. Well, I'm sure an MRes in technology would have many complicated tools. What made you study for that? So that that was a good time in my life going, should I do this and quit my job or carry on doing something I don't particularly like to do? Okay. Um, or as in, it, it wasn't like the environment where I could just do things freely, for example. So it was it was a good good chance to go, well, I'm doing this anyway. Might as well start another degree and also with all the, the, the support around it, um, with, with um, Nest and everything like that, it, they give you lots of support in, 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 in sort of the business support side of things, of other things. So I thought it was actually a good opportunity to quit my job and start uni again because there's lots and lots of things to, to take advantage of. Tell us what the Makers Guild is and what made you want to set it up? So the Makers Guild is effectively a makerspace um, and there's probably about... 5,000 examples around the world um, and then about 400 of them in the UK but funny enough none in Portsmouth so it, like the reason why we set that up because is is once we graduate we we lose access to a lot of resources at university um, so one way what we thought is to pull our resources together and and start one of these maker spaces so yeah and 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 here we are it's a space to go and make things now, these resources, are they physical resources such as machines or are they sort of your expertise you're giving to people? To I would say it's help? a bit of both, mostly to do with the machines because um, in Portsmouth we have a limited amount of space um, and, and the machines are inherently quite expensive because of the machines themselves and the space to operate them safely in. So um, that, that's sort of the resources behind, behind it. Um, the, the, sort of the knowledge and the expertise sort of comes naturally. Um, with the the community that we have it's always quite different every day because everyone's got all these different things and everyone comes at different times so and people have lots of different problems so it, it kind of lends itself to be the perfect melting pot for things to happen now it's not just a one-man band you had co-partners as well yes how did you meet those I met Sam, who who actually found the space. We had a game 
that we did between ourselves here at uni in one of the projects called Involvement back in 2016-17. Is that um, to do with design? It's, it's to do with the um, sort of different cross-department collaboration and trying to get lots of students to in the same room to to see what they can do um, together, effectively together and, and, and what comes of it. So this meeting through this, Sam and I had a game of who can find a space first um, with my third co-founder, um, Gav. He worked with Sam beforehand and they were both looking for a, a similar space. So that's what we did. We just pulled all our resources together and had a game of who can find a space first. Okay, amazing. So you all had the idea that you wanted to provide these resources for creators and it was a case of you finding something between you where you could host events mm. and drop-ins. I would say it's a little bit more selfish than that. We each, all, we kind of, all three of us wanted a space to have equipment in because everyone does likes to have all the equipment um, but we, we seem to have all these different niches uh, uh, that we we all need to be a, a part of so that that was more of the, the sort of practicality of it going okay we need a space so we can put all our stuff in one space rather than have three different spaces where we don't know who's got what okay so, so it's it's more from that kind of point of view of going right let's let's do this and then the community can benefit around it afterwards so it started almost like your own storage space and then it turned into something where others can take advantage of it yeah. and learn from like we've always assumed that it's going to be a, a community space so so we we've all used makerspaces in in the uk um okay and, and understand it and, and know how to do it. but it's it's that personal implication that we need to have access to all of this in order to do what we need to do as as a self-employed person or as someone who's developing products and, and things like that so it kind of spawns out of that um and a lot of people who use our space is also kind of that way of thinking because you know, not a lot of people have like hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of equipment just lying around going, is it? When did it start? When did you think, okay, we need to get this space? We opened our doors officially June 2017, but we had two years beforehand to plan it. And most of that is trying to find our way through the city to find the right space or the lack of space. And then the first one we got offered was like that one. And we were like, yes, that one, please. And where is that one? Tell us where. It's in the Portsmouth Guildhall. Okay, it's in the Guildhall. Yep. That's a lo- lovely location. Nice and central. All the traffic is around it. Trains, cars, buses. You mentioned that those people in the community tend to have a knowledge of design and technology. Do you get many people sort of willing to learn who haven't um, completed an undergraduate or MRes in anything to do with design, is that still an option yep, for them? That is is, is perfect. Uh, uh, um, actually, a perfect example of of what happens in our space. Um, a, a few people who have actually never completed college, so sixth form, um, came to our space wanting to learn how to do certain aspects of design, or or they've got an idea and they need and they don't know where to go. So they came to us and we sort of gave them the whole tool set. To, to, to design everything that they needed to do and then afterwards, so funny enough, they all got internships in engineering. The work that you do and, and the fact that you've got the space is paying off, it's showing benefits already. Oh yeah. How did you actually manage to get that space? You said that was the first space that came along and it was the one. So Sam was the person who found the space and he was going around um, different networking groups to, to search for a space. I was going around trying to see if it can work with the university, for example. Yeah, it just so happened to he met one person to another person and, and then Andy Gray, the CEO of the uh, Portsmouth Guildhall, just went, 
we got this space uh, and we were like okay it's like it was an archive room um right. for, for many 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 years so it wasn't even like a usable space um so we sort of sorted it all out and and made it our own you were given free reign and you converted it into what it is now yep. is it bigger than you first acquired it as do you make any adjustments to it that gave so, you more space the footprint of what we had, um, we couldn't see the actual size because there was so much stuff in the way. Um, so we sort of sorted all, all of that out, what we can reuse and what we can't use. Um, for example, there was lots of tables and chairs that we thought we use the tables and chairs. That's the most ex- expensive part of kitting out a room is tables and chairs. And then we saw the size of the space and, and it's taken us, we still haven't finished it, but it's taken us many, many months to and and probably years i can say um to figure out what's the best efficient way to use the space and then um after we opened in june and six months later we acquired another space that's full of ceramics equipment um, as a as a sort of co-partnership of of, uh, us managing it whilst the people used to run it just have fun now have you i'm dying to know have you invented any products that we might find interesting in the the makers guild some of them recently i can't say because they're still in development um but they're mostly to do with the medical industry stuff wow um but previously i've done some jewelry design toy design and designing things for uh trains for example so within a design team that designed a train um most of them sort of either you won't really see unless you actually go and find them and the toys for example um most of them are minion toys and i'm really sick of minions now so (laughs) and yeah there's a a few few other bits and pieces so so you have to look for them so i wouldn't say they're popular at the moment with any design and sort of invention if you will as linda said in the first episode it is a little bit about taking risks did you feel like when you set up the makers guild you and your co-partners were taking a big risk oh or- yeah 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 um like risk is everything and we still haven't properly figured it out because it's 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 always a changing game and and it always changes new new challenges pop up every second and we have to sort, sort of pull the rug out of some stuff or or set fire to some things i mean <laughs> set fire things to a lot of things but that's on purpose really so what were your main worries when you set up the business it's sort of how would it be financially stable is is would be our main concern because we we can't have a studio that that doesn't pay for itself for example Um, otherwise you know what's the point if we have to chuck in so much money to 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 make it happen so but we were lucky enough to only put a thousand pounds into the business initially and and it's grown exponentially since we've been acquiring more and more equipment um because we're a community interest company and we've um set ourselves a 65 percent asset lock all of our profits 65 percent of it has to be reinvested um into the company then the rest of the 35 percent is as as directors we can choose how that is then allocated so we can personally say we want this equipment and that equipment because that's what we need to to better ourselves so by bettering yourselves is that something that you're working towards because there are other organizations similar you said about 400 of them yeah in the uk probably more than that do you feel like it is almost a competitive market that you need to keep on top of the game funny enough um the whole makerspace network is one giant community we can lend like equipment over for example people come over to us or we go over to the one in southampton called so make it and and just you know that we're all friends we've we've all been in in sort of each other's different makerspaces around the world 
Um, like a friend of mine, he accidentally got a job in Copenhagen because he was makerspace hopping. There may be some competition, obviously, um, um, from other sort of companies that are not part of the community. That's that's a, sort of always a given. But the makerspace network or the hackerspace, um, all the different names surrounding um, the entity, Fab Labs, um, they're all a community. So it's 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 nice to have a giant community around the world that you can ask problems, ask problems and get some answers from. Sometimes it's more jokes than anything, but it helps. Oh, I love that. And I love the word Fab Labs. That's a really fun version of saying it. We briefly skirted over how amazing the university facilities are, especially in terms of aiding your progression after your degree. Now, can you tell us um, how the university supported you with your business venture? Previously had sort of a jewellery design business because 3D printing and jewellery sort of lends itself out hand in hand um, at the same time as trying to set up the Makers Guild that both operated out of um, the innovation space. So effectively it's free office space um, with a sandwich between two normal co-working spaces that they let out to other businesses and, and there's a team on hand to sort of bounce any sort of concerns or ideas or anything off so so they're uh, effectively business mentors. So it's it's a really good um, location just for any students at Portsmouth University to see if they can you know during their time of study see if it works. And I know that there is the option um, if you choose to take a placement year they help you with the potential of a self-employed placement year yes. so they're always on hand for whatever sort of yeah year in your degree. Mm-hmm. What would you say to somebody who has an idea but they have no idea where to start and perhaps like you mentioned earlier they've had no experience in design whatsoever? The first question I always ask is what is it and can you draw it on paper? everyone's brains would work differently and and it's a case of knowing what they're thinking because you can't assume what they're thinking and once it's on paper we can start figuring out if it's going to work or not and things like that so on paper first and then sort of talk it through if it's a good idea it's sort of can transform into something better if it's a bad idea um, it also can transform into a good idea with with uh, a good amount of probing and seeing where it leads to and then that's that's it it's the iterative approach in the design and, and the idea generation element that's really important for um, creating a new product and then afterwards it's the sort of the standard if you can make it if it works um, will be many 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 versions of it before you're happy with it and even if you're happy with it once it goes into mass manufacturing or local manufacturing or anything sort of the selling element there will be more and more it changes needed um so you have to be very open to changes and 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 that's it it's it's figuring out how you get from one stage to another and then to another to another to another and then somehow it's in someone else's hand and they're using it being quite happy or not happy and then if they're not happy it goes back to the drawing board and there's a second version of it and and so forth so there's it's it's never um a a sort of one answer um, meets the whole entire process but is that's the nature of product design it's there's so many questions and there's so many answers to the same question that you know what do you do and hurdles as well exactly so going back and forth and <laughs> yes and we're not out there to to make money from anyone although we do have our own costs to 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 cover but it's that case of we're there to help and and to not sort of you know charge thousands of pounds for in terms of services like a lot of companies do because we're we're the sort of the do-it-yourself people we, we give you all the tools and then just like you learn it that's the best way if you want me to do it that's going to cost you a lot of money for example yeah. and, and things like that so i've worked for projects that are 89 million quids worth of budgets there to to, to design this whole entire thing and it's that thing of going 
that's a lot of money. But it's not a lot of money at the same time. It's not a lot when it needs that much to get off the ground sort of thing. If someone wanted to set up a community interest company as successful as the Makers Guild, what would your advice be to them? My advice and the same ones I, I've done some um, talks at Nest is is make sure it can it's a viable business. If it's not a viable business, then then even if you do manage to get it off the ground, it's gonna there's gonna be so much in the way financially. It might be more damaging than than things like that. So it is that thing of it's put your sensible hat on and think: Is it a viable business? Can you live off of it and things like that? Do like if if it if it's to the point where you're running it. Um, but you need to have a part-time job as well, and then uh, that kind of sort of pulls away your energy and, and, and things like that. You can't necessarily carry on like that because you, you, your heart's in two places. So it's yes, it's a big risk, but it's, it is that thing of if you can actually generate a revenue, everyone's going to see it as, okay, you're doing something good rather than you know having a part-time job in somewhere else and, and you, you're trying to go, I need to do this and I need to do that and I need to do this. And I suppose having the support of co-partners as well oh, yeah. would be an absolute yeah. help. Yeah, you can't, you can't do anything. Well, you can't do everything yourself. That, that's that's the thing. You have you have to let other people who who know more or in certain areas to, to take over. You might there might be some advice that you can give in terms of how everything's run, but ultimately you want to to, to give way to people who know how to write a funding bid, for example, for for a large project, or, or or know how to talk their way through manufacturing, for example. Your Makers Guild, what is up next? Is there anything exciting that's coming up for it? We're always constantly looking for more things to do. Um, we recently partnered up with a, a group who manages printing equipment in Portsmouth. Effectively, we're again like the ceramics managing the space while the printers all have fun and and in that way that we we've, we've got more equipment to, and 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 the the initiative to make it a much more viable business than it was um before and yeah it's it's just acquiring more space and more equipment we are actively looking for a bigger space so we can put them all in one location because one location with a good identity is is better than three locations with multiple identities that leads me on to my next question having the three locations the other two that are outside of the guild hall are they still as accessible as the original building was to anyone or are they more sort of by appointment so the good thing is that Two other spaces are actually within the same building. They're just two different rooms, um, but they're more, um, I would say, more specialists because they are ceramics, they are printmaking. People who tend to use that space, we like to know that we can trust them with the equipment. So therefore, um, a beginner's course or an induction period is, is always a good idea. If they can say that they've spent many years or, and, and have lots of examples of them using equipment the best that it can be then we don't have to fork out as big as a repair cost when it goes wrong someone listening to this for example or who has never heard of the makers guild but thinks i want to get involved and um, what would you say if someone wants to rent a space from you develop a product or attend one of your workshops what do they do i would say the first thing would be we have a free drop-in every wednesday evening from five o'clock to eight o'clock so eight o'clock is our closing time that anyone can come in and ask any questions they like if they and it's it's our session as well to give back to the community because a lot of times a lot of people only need to drill a hole in something that they don't have the equipment for so we're like yeah just come and drill some holes cut some wood and and make what you need during three hour period but if it's something that people would like to say like you like you said um new ideas and things like that like to be more private we've, we've got other times that give us an email or, or, or drop in 
I'm sure your details will be um, listed below the podcast and everything. There'll be a lot of people. Um, any any one time, there's either one of us, the, the co-founders, or, or, or all of us, um, depending on where we need to be on, on, on the certain times. Um, but there will be jewelers, there will be other people um, there um, working or, or just having fun or having a chat and, and, and things like that at the same time. So, so it could be noisy, it could be quiet, it really depends on who's in and who's not in. It sounds like with all the people there as well, it probably as a community interest company becomes a bit social as well oh, yeah. because you're meeting new people and of the same interests as well. Yeah, ev- everyone's making something. Um, it could be a film, it could be you know any- anything really. Um, and, and we do have over 150 people a week using our space in some capacity. Um, that could be ceramics, printmaking, glass, um, leather and all the engineering work. We just um, had a company moved out of our space that they they develop agricultural robots oh wow do you feel like you get some sort of excitement from it does it make do you stop and think wow i'm really helping to build something special but lots of things that are special yeah there there is that sort of the special charm of running a space like like what we have a lot of the times every day is different and and look, all the problems are different and that's sort of the the main excitement is is what can I fix today or what can I destroy today or, <laughs> or our new ideas are coming in because it's it's sometimes it's it's absolutely random and and some of the information that that people come up with is 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 either something really exciting and we have to contain ourselves and and stop being so excited <laughs> or it's the bit where we have to there's the other side of the spectrum is is we have to sort of mitigate because they might be spending too much money for example developing something that they they there's there's probably a better solution for something so that so every day is different and 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 that's what the, the excitement's there for well, thank you so much for all your all the insight into the Makers Guild and also your advice on setting up a community interest company because it's, for me, it's never something that's really thought about. It's more sort of for financial gain companies nowadays, but yours seems a lot more than that. Yeah, um, it's it's that bit of you have to make money to spend money. So it's that bit of... Yes, you're a social enterprise, but you're not a charity. That that kind that kind of scenarios is is there's a lot of sort of lines crossed between sort of saying that because sometimes you you are acting sort of like a charity. That's for for the the sort of giving back to the community side, but that but fundamentally there is that business side of it. And a lot of like corporate companies they they have their profit making side, but then they do have their sort of social enterprise side of it um for example as as a charitable cause um and they do set up some some big companies who set up a charity just for that but it is that case of you, you can't function on on no money because that's that's asking for donations and usually there's so many people asking for donations already it's it's better to be a proper social enterprise let's say that is actually yeah it's in our constitution saying that we have to reinvest 65 percent of our profits into the company otherwise well it's just, in that case it's just sat there just yeah going, okay i can't spend that money after your undergraduate degree did you get a level of experience before approaching your mres yeah um so graduated 2013 and obviously started at mres at 2016 or 2017 ish um so within that Three, three year period it's 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 it was a roller coaster you know it's um working for all different types of industries uh, for example the jewelry industry um public transport toys and everything like that and and it's always quite interesting to sort of 
think back to that and, and, and the sort of the difference between that and then going to do a master's in research in technology, um, being very focused down on a specific topic for two years rather than being on so many small projects, but ultimately um, huge projects for um, as, as products. Yeah, it's, 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 it's quite weird. It's like going down to, let's say, design a piece of jewellery for two weeks and then you send it off and it's made and someone's wearing it from somewhere in the world uh, mostly in the states and then going back to studying all the health and thematic stuff and things like that and you're there reading through all this literature and you're like this is a lot more work yeah it's a lot to focus on and it's a bit different than just being creative oh yeah and technical is yeah academia yeah. academia yeah it's it's that bit of um we're thrust back into let's say academic writing so um, my undergrad was um an art degree so so academic writing didn't quite fit into to 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 all of that because you can say as like graduated from an art school and i'm like hey um <laughs> and and yeah it's it's interesting that suddenly i'm thrust into an environment where it's very scientific yeah and and i'm there going i'm not particularly scientific in sort of study and i'm talking in my idiot voice but it is it is that bit where you know taking a risk actually is more beneficial because that's now benefited that i i do a huge amount of research before some projects because now i have i know all these different databases and, and things like that to to figure out where all the sort of let's say medical industry journals are and and you go right now i know lots of information about this thing and that thing and this thing or design it into a a, a product and and it's it's quite interesting in in terms of how that evolved from going back to doing an mres it is quite clear that the mres has given you lots of knowledge to succeed in the makers guild the way you have and i bet that the knowledge that you learn in those various jobs before that and um, postgraduate degree that you can impart that knowledge on the people who come and visit you at the makers guild oh yeah it's first-hand knowledge yeah it's first first-hand knowledge like being if, if i was in that position let's say going back to to previous years like i did a lot of work experience stuff and and lots of volunteering stuff during my undergrad so so i was one of those doing a lot of work experience and volunteering during my second year and third year of, of respectively um in different sort of hackathons um and and these 48 hour challenges and, and things like that to to build a product let's say uh, a few of them are, are mobile phone apps ones that we'll hear of today uh or? these were back in 2012 so they probably like you know died uh, a brilliant death by it wasn't by flappy bird was it no um <laughs> it was probably something more crazy than flappy bird but obviously no one would pay, play that because we were there just mucking around <laughs> making cheap noises and and sort of that it kind of instilled a, a work ethic that i we can do things at a sprint for um, for a 48 hour challenge for example and, and that goes okay if I can do it that fast then it can go back to doing projects at the university at a, a faster and faster pace and, and that frees up more time to do other things yeah that's slowly sort of caught on and then that sort of bridged the gap between when you graduate people are looking for that one to two year experience and you, you're stuck there going most people are like I kind of stuck there for a few months and went actually though I did most of that went back and yeah and, and and did a lot of a lot of freelancing at the start and then and then slowly freelancers got more and more substantial and it turned out to be more of like contract work and things like that and and yeah it's 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 that bit of you, you start small but you go to a point where you, you kind of got fed up and want to quit and 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 start an emirates and let it pay off the way it has yeah. <laughs> so ming i really hope you sam and gav have 
high futures for Makers Guild and I look forward to hearing about what comes next, especially with the new printing facilities and everything. Thanks for coming in to talk to us. Thank you. I hope you feel inspired to either start up that community business that you've been thinking about or take the next steps to develop your creativity. If you're a university student or graduate of the last five years and have a business idea you'd like to talk to someone about, you can use the university's Nest service, the Startup Incubator for Entrepreneurs. If you like the University of Portsmouth alumni Facebook page, you'll get a reminder of all the events coming up. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you soon.